May the words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. Well, I wonder how you're feeling after Monday's announcements. Uh, mostly, I think it's what we expected. We've been able to return to some kind of uh, new normal, as they keep saying. Uh, so we can go shopping, and for some of us, not me, that means getting much-needed haircuts. I don't... Uh, not an urgent requirement for me as you can see um, others it's good to be able to get out and just be able to do more we've certainly noticed living next door to Bay Fair the number of cars that are driving up and down our street has rocketed up by a lot and uh, Bonnie has had to return back to school so normal life is slowly returning whatever that looks like in the future but it was a surprise I'd have to say to hear that the numbers of uh, groups was limited to 10, which means for us, no church. I'd have to say that didn't make a huge difference for us as a parish. We weren't looking at um, gathering again at St George's this Sunday. We needed at least another week. And um, I was kind of already looking at Pentecost Sunday as the first Sunday to come back together, simply because it's Pentecost Sunday. And it seemed like, well, that's a good Sunday to uh, regather a uh, good joyous celebration so for us not such a big deal we uh, we just need to keep on finding ways of being a dispersed community and nurturing each other while we are apart not physically able to gather although we can gather in people's houses um, Although the, although the church has warned us about that, the kind of cleaning requirements that are needed for us to gather at church are also needed if we gather officially uh, in our houses for church as well. So it's not as straightforward as we might think. But I do know that some of my, out, my colleagues here in Tauranga and other places are outraged. Uh, you might have seen the petition from the leader of the opposition asking the government to reconsider this. Um, and I've got to say, personally, I'm disappointed in that petition, and I do wish the Leader of the Opposition would pay a little bit more attention to the science behind that decision. But for some, I know when we had our clergy Zoom call, some, they found this to be insulting and belittling, uh, and belittling of the place of Christianity in our society. Although, we need to remember that this requirement of no more than 10 applies to all faith groups, and not just us. They argue that faith and spirituality is important and will be important as we move forward. And I do not disagree with them on that. That is true. But personally, as I've already said, I think we do need to listen to the scientists and what they are saying. And what they are saying is we need to be careful, especially those of us who in a liturgical situation respond loudly and vocally and who sing. And it's that loud vocal and singing that is the problem. I know for others it's very hard to take because it means waiting longer until we can gather, rejoin our faith community, which for, for many of us is like our family. And that is one of the issues for the health advisors. We're not in the entertainment business. We're not like cinemas, and that's why cinemas can open and we can't. Uh, and we're, we are a close community, and we're not really like cafes as well. They can easily limit that to 10, which we can't. Uh, it's the larger groups who are talking loudly where the problems come. 
the problem is when we talk loudly um, it's the aerosol spray that comes out of our lungs and that aerosol spray can uh, that can go for seven meters so our one to two meter social distancing just doesn't cut it and it can hang in the air for, for many minutes so again that becomes problematic so while the scientists are saying be careful and while that makes sense in my head all that doesn't make it any easier for those of us who long to be able to come back together who long to be able to gather around the Eucharistic table again so while I'm personally happy to wait so we can ensure the well-being of all those who will gather when we restart I understand that for many of us it is hard it's also been hard being in lockdown during one of the great seasons of our church year it's been hard and disappointing that we couldn't be in church for Palm Sunday Holy Week Good Friday Easter Sunday and now the season of Easter but as I reflect on that I can't think of a more appropriate season Lent and Holy Week allowed us to bring our shock and grief and fear to join the disciples in feeling exactly as they felt Easter Sunday invited us to reflect on and celebrate the resurrection and what that means for us in the midst of all of that, just as it did for those early disciples. It became a great celebration and a great moment of hope when hope seemed difficult. I've talked in the past about how we too often think Christianity is about getting into heaven. About, and that means that resurrection becomes something that happens in the future and to some degree that's true but I've also talked about how a number of scholars and theologians and people who are working on how to read the Bible are increasingly saying that the early writers particularly the early writers of the gospel and Paul uh, for them they saw the point of Jesus as the means by which God would honor and fulfill the eternal covenant with humanity and creation the covenant that humanity would be restored. St. Augustine of Hippo has described that as in Jesus we are reminded that we are made in the image of God and that God's love and compassion resides in the heart of each one of us. And through us, when we are reminded of that, we are involved with God in renewing creation. In light of that, resurrection begins when we are freed from the death of worshipping false idols, the false idols of power and wealth, of security, the false idol of placing ourselves first. Resurrection is when we live in the life offered to us now. And John describes that, as we've heard over the last couple of weeks, as abundant life. My own experience of this lockdown has been that this time has offered many of us a different way of experiencing abundant life. And even though we could not physically gather for church, for me it also feels like we are losing, we are losing that experience of abundant life as we return to normal. And for me, this returning to normal brings with it an element of grief and sadness. For the last few weeks, as we've gathered online for church, we've been looking at how John describes 
resurrected or abundant life. And we need that vision of abundant life now more than ever, I would suggest, as we get back into some kind of what life was before, how can we carry some of what we have experienced over the last few weeks into our new life? Some of the themes we've looked at over, the, over those weeks have included Jesus being the means by which we experience and trust that God is the good shepherd who protects and provides. The theme of Jesus abiding in God the Father and God the Father abiding in Jesus. And the theme that in Jesus God the Father is made known in all that Jesus says and does we see the character of God, and that character is described as love, compassion, mercy, justice, inclusiveness, passion, goodness, and peace. And for John, and one could argue for Paul, the chief characteristic is love. Abundant life is to live in this compassion and mercy and justice and inclusiveness, passion, goodness and peace. It is to live in the love that exists between God the Father and Jesus, a love that in Jesus we are invited into. So I wonder how you have experienced that abundant life over the last two months. How have you experienced being invited into to abide in divine love. So in light of all of that, let's look very briefly at today's Gospel reading. As I said last week, this reading is set with the disciples sitting in stunned silence as Jesus gives his last talk. They're at the Last Supper. Things are starting to go very wrong. This is his last talk before it all comes crashing down. Abundant life for them no longer sounds as easy as it did when Jesus was around. They're feeling bereft, terrified. They were desperate and they needed more. So did the people of John's community for whom John was writing to. They were divided, persecuted. When we read uh, the letters written by John and it's thought they are written by the same person who wrote the Gospel of John, we, it would seem that many had left his community. They too were desperate. They needed more. And us, whatever our response for the last couple of, over the last couple of months, I wonder what we need. Do we too need more as we move into level two and then level one? Well, in John's gospel, Jesus does offer more, the spirit of truth. While Jesus has been alive, Jesus has been God's presence with them, God's companion, inviting them into the deep relationship that exists between God the Father and Jesus. He has been the one who stands between them, the paraclete, the companion. And now that he is to be crucified, to be killed, in his stead, Jesus leaves the spirit of truth, another paraclete, another companion. And he leaves this companion to remind them and us of who we are, 
that we are made in the image of divine love and that God is with us wherever and whatever happens, wherever we are and, and whatever happens to us. This is a very different way of understanding the coming and the role of the Holy Spirit than what Luke presents, which we will read in a couple of weeks. And I want to suggest that in this time of uncertainty and looking ahead, it is a gift. Because it says to us that no matter what happens, God is present for us in the spirit of truth, the companion. No matter how we are responding to events, whether with joy or grief or uncertainty or a mixture of all of those, God is present for us in the spirit of truth, the companion. And the task of the Spirit is to invite us ever more deeply into love so that we might abide in divine love. We might be physically distanced from each other. We might be only able to come to church via the internet for a week or two longer. But we are not distanced from God. We are invited to abide in love, knowing that in that love we abide in God. We might not be able to gather physically, but with the spirit of truth, the companion, we are still invited to live God's compassion, mercy, justice, inclusiveness, passion, goodness, and peace for ourselves, for each other, for all people. And I want to say that that's far more important than being able to gather for now on a Sunday morning. So I wonder in conclusion what we hear in that promise that wherever we are and whatever we're experiencing, God is with us in the spirit of truth, the companion. What words are spoken to you and to us? How have we experienced the spirit of truth over these last eight weeks? How are we experiencing the spirit of truth as we move into a new normal? And how might we live that experience out into the future? I invite you to spend a moment reflecting on that. And if you want, if you're with other people, to pause this and to turn to those in, in whoever you're watching this with and have a conversation.